Hey, this is Steve Campbell from the C3 Church. Thank you for joining us for this podcast. Our prayer for you is that you'll be blessed, equipped, and enabled as you listen to this message. God bless you. It seems quite strange, isn't it, when you take the mask off now these days. You feel almost naked because the mask is gone. But I know that you can see me and that you can see my eyes. Apparently, my eyes is one of my best features, I've been told. And I'm glad you can see my eyes because you can see an awful lot through people's eyes. And even when you're wearing a mask, you can see from people's eyes. There's been a phrase that has come to mind this week. It says, the phrase is, eyes are the windows to the soul. And I wondered whether we'd make a bit of a competition here to see whether you think that is a Bible phrase or not. The eyes are the window of the soul. Who in the comments here reckon it's a Bible word, and a Bible phrase? And if it's not a Bible phrase, does anybody know where that comes from? Okay, I'm going to give you a bit of a time. Eyes are the windows of the soul. It's quite a common phrase. Is it in the Bible or not? The answer is, it actually isn't in the Bible, but it is a quote from Shakespeare. But I believe that there is some truth, that eyes are the windows to the soul. The eyes have been said that they're not just a window, but a reflection of your state of mind. There is something in Scripture that tells us about the eyes. And there's a passage here in Matthew 6, which I think explains it even more. Matthew 6, verse 22. It says, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? And these verses have come to me over this lockdown period. I've been looking at those verses and thinking about what they really mean. I think what it's saying is, what you focus on grows. What you focus on grows. Those verses there, it says, you know, if your eye is healthy. Another word for healthy is generous. If your eyes are generous, then your, your body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, or the word stingy has often been put in there as a translation, then your, your heart, everything will be full of darkness and how great that darkness will be. What you focus on grows. And it's true that the world is full of problems right now. There's problems all around us. But it's also true to say that the world is full of beauty, it's full of love, it's full of opportunity. And where you focus, whatever you focus on, will grow. If you just listen to the news all day long, And I've been, you know, a fault of this, looking at my phone too often, looking at Sky News too often. If you focus on all the darkness, then that darkness can take over to you. It can actually uh, lessen your faith and it can make you fearful. It, It can affect your faith if you listen all the time to negativity. But, you know, if you look around the world and you think that the world owes you something... And that the world is, you know, you, you become, can become entitled, that you deserve a comfortable life. You deserve everything going your way. You deserve to have everything you want. 
That's looking with a stingy eye and you become more and more aware of the things that you haven't got and you become dissatisfied. But you know, if you look on the world in a healthy way, in a generous way, and you look in the world as if this beautiful world that God has given us, that he has given us so much opportunity here in this world. He's given so much love. He's given so much joy. If you look for it, you can find it. If you look out on the world with gratitude in your heart, then there'll be a lightness about you and there'll be light inside you that will grow. If you focus on God, as you focus as we have this morning, and we can do this anytime, in, we have technology in these days that we can worship God wherever we are. It's beautiful to be able to worship God, to, to remind ourselves again that he is a faithful God. Great is your faithfulness, O God. Great is your faithfulness. You are worthy, worthy to be praised. That's why we worship. From the rising of the sun until the going down of the same, your name of the Lord, it is to be praised. You see, what we focus on grows. And if we focus on the greatness of God, we focus on all that he has given us, we focus on his promises, then the light within us grows and we begin to see the world in a generous way. Now, I'm not being false in this anyway. I have to admit that COVID has been a difficult time and it has been like a massive blow for all of us that our world has totally changed right at the beginning when the first lockdown came. And we felt that we were put in this whirlwind. We put in this whirlwind of not quite knowing what was happening. It's a bit like, I guess, when you, you have a car accident or something like that, that you lose all sense of perspective of your things that you knew were going in the right direction, your focal points, your, um, your, your vantage, your, everything just gets thrown away. You don't quite know you're in the middle of this crisis. So what we did right at the beginning is we started listening to webinars and podcasts and listening to people from all around the world, leaders, what were they saying, <clears throat> Christian leaders to say, what were they saying about, you know, how should we respond in this crisis time? And there was messages of pivoting and using the season of opportunity for the likes of online church. And by the grace of God, we'd got involved in church online even before this crisis had happened. You know, we were hearing messages, you know, get involved in online alpha and make sure you pastor the people. It's all about relationships right now. Oh, and don't forget about your community. Don't forget there'll be people that need to be fed right now. And don't forget about the fact that those marriages that are going to feel under pressure right now. And it's a bit like a pressure cooker. Pressure cookers either tenderize the meat or they explode. And uh, there'll be quite a few explosions right now. People are going to feel this stress. And don't forget your staff team, they're going to feel it even more than anything because everything's changed for them and they'll be feeling insecure and they're working from home and things are changing. But don't forget to keep developing them and don't forget to keep stretching them and growing them and don't forget about your finances because they might actually go down now and then might have a dip and you might be in a financial difficulty. Oh, and people will leave the church in this season and uh, the peak you saw at the beginning, oh, well, that's going to go down and people are not going to come and people are going to get out of the habit of going to church it felt like we were being bombarded from this way and that way and this way every angle is like don't forget about this and don't forget about that and don't forget about that and have to admit I got to the point when I went what do you want from me now Lord what is it that you want right now it felt like everything was urgent and everything needed to be looked at and so many decisions that needed to be taken. 
You see, we'd been fruitful as a church. At the end of 2019, the church was still growing. Relationships were being strengthened. We'd employed new staff. We'd done a restructure of the leaders and the lead team. We were ready for the new wine that God was going to send us with the restructuring of our wineskins. We knew how to gather people. We knew how to do Sunday services well, conferences, GLS, Breathe. It was growing. It was going to go to a whole new, different level. We knew how to pastor people. We knew how to help people in the community, how to give food and support and how to build a community. Steve and I were getting involved in different leadership forums and we're being asked to speak in different places. We had a number of travel plans and doors were opening up for us. It felt like we were being successful and we knew what we were doing until suddenly we didn't. To be honest, I felt a bit stuck. What does success even look like now? Our life had become a bombardment of what we should do, being stretched in many different ways and we decided we can only dress a few things at a time, but everything seemed so urgent. I decided that I needed to focus on what I did know. Faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Well, I knew how to love. Maybe that's what I needed to focus on. I'd learned there are four key relationships in life. Our relationship with God, our relationship with others, our relationship with self, and our relationship with the world around us, our relationship with creation and how we live and deal with this world. Four key relationships I'd learned. And I guess a lot of my time in the past had been spent on my relationship with God and my relationship with others. The church took up an awful lot of our time, our focus, relationships with other people, checking in with people on a Sunday, connecting with people, seeing how they're doing. Relationship with others was really key. But I decided that actually God was showing me that I needed to focus on those four relationships. And he surprised me on which one really was opened up to me that had to focus on even more. I kind of had to focus a bit more on my relationship with myself. And God gave me a word to focus on fruit. Focus on producing fruit. I wasn't sure what that was at first, but you know, it seemed to be a bit of a trend. Everybody was doing their garden because we were around in our gardens so much more than we had been, and our garden really wasn't being looked after. But during lockdown, that was an opportunity to start something. And I started planting things, and I started putting seeds in the garden, I started putting plants in the garden, and I started growing fruit. And it was amazing to see these little plants and what they could produce. I grew courgettes and I grew even cucumbers and sweet corn and beans. Beans weren't very good this year. I don't know if everybody else found that beans <coughs> did very well, excuse me, <coughs> how they did with their beans, but this year's crop of beans weren't very good. I'll have to try better next year. But God started to show me and speak to me about fruit. The fact that seeds go in the ground and they take a while before they produce. And there's a waiting that has to happen before there's a producing. That even in the dark, 
when they are there in the soil, it looks like nothing is happening, but everything is going on under the surface. Looking and focus on fruit. There's so many references to fruit and being fruitful in the scripture. I believe fruitfulness is an outworking of our faith. It says in Colossians 1.10, For this very reason also I do not cease to pray for you, and ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Fruitfulness is part of the outworking of our faith. I wanted to be fruitful, but I just wasn't sure what he was asking of me and where I was to focus. Churches That Heal was a course that we put on during this time. And it highlighted to me some verses that really helped me to understand what was going on. And God gave me direction through that course. I'd really recommend it to you if you're interested in doing that. It's based on a verse in Luke 13, verse 6 onwards, 6 to 9. Verses 6 to 9. Jesus told a parable. A man had a fig tree growing in his vineyard, and he went to look to fruit on it, but didn't find any. Actually got given a fig this year from a box that we got given to celebrate all that we're doing as a church, and in there was a fig. I've never had a fresh fig before, but I was interested to see it. This parable, this man had a fig tree growing in his vineyard. He went to look for fruit on it, but didn't find any. So he said to the man who took care of the vineyard, for three years now I've been coming to look for fruit on this fig tree and haven't found any. Cut it down. Why should it use up the soil? Sir, the man replied, leave it alone for one more year and I'll dig around it and fertilize it. If it bears fruit next year, fine. If not, then cut it down. It's a strange parable to be in the middle of of scripture. What was Jesus talking about? There's a tree that isn't producing any fruit. And he thought it's actually not worth anything if actually isn't producing fruit. But he said, no, wait, give it some time. We're going to dig it up, fertilize it, give it some space of time and see if it produces fruit. You see, we all have problems in life. We all have situations that we have to deal with, hey? We're all human. But you know, this parable here, I could, I could identify with it. It was almost like I felt like that fig tree. I felt a bit stuck as if I wasn't producing fruit. Leaders lead, right? It's not that we'd stopped leading, but something was going on in the inside for me. There was so much pain around at that time. So much pain of suffering. My, my mother-in-law, who I, I treated as a mother, she treated me as her daughter. I loved her. I was dealing with that grief and pain. Dealing with Steve's grief and pain of losing her, his mum. Dealing with the grief of families in the church and Tim's family and the loss of Tim. And everybody's hopes and dreams being disappointed that he didn't make it. Dealing with that pain dealing with the loss of human connection and dealing with the pain of the world around us, dealing with the pain of cancellations and loss, 
I was so looking forward to my trip to Moldova later last year was meant to be and our trip to Israel and our trip to see the persecuted church. We had all these plans, but we weren't able to do them. You see, Henry Cloud explained that this tree was being given opportunity to produce fruit again, but it had to go through a process in order to get there. Dig up the ground, add in fertilizer, and give it time to heal. He, he explains to us that, that, that digging up was about truth. What's the perceived truth that you're believing? It might as well be true because you believe it if it's truth, but actually, is it really the truth? Is there some things that you're believing that actually is a falsehood, is actually a lie? And do we need fertilizer or grace to actually come into our lives to help us to see what is true reality and giving us time to actually all together with the truth grace and time will bring healing truth was brought to us both steve and i via friend we do lots of zoom calls together we do lots of consultation together we had a couple that we had supervision with over this period and we had conversations with other leaders that we really trust and we really value. And we had one conversation where we explained to them that we never quite feel good enough. We never quite feel that we've done everything that we need to do. We find it really hard to switch off because we always feel there's more that we could be doing or that we should be doing. You know what he said to us? I'm glad about that. We thought, what? I'm glad about that because you're not God and you're not supposed to do it all and you're not supposed to actually have everything under control because you're not God. You know what? That was like grace that came to us when he spoke that into our hearts that actually we need to be kind to ourselves. We need to have self-compassion to ourselves. If we felt tired, then we needed to rest. Then we didn't need to listen to all these words that say should in our hearts and our mind. You see, we had at that time people come to us and give us prophetic words. And there was one that was particularly relevant to us that actually the word that said was just drive. We were tinkering, we were worrying, we were trying to fix everything, we were trying to make everything happen. And I, this word was so uh, prominent for us at that time and spoke to us that I had it made into a, 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 a picture here. Lucy Harvey's done this for me and actually gave it to us as a gift to remind us, and it sits on Steve's desk, say, just drive. Sometimes we have to let go and let God and not be so concerned about getting it all right. You see, I'll be very personal here, and sometimes I think, oh, should I be so personal? Should I say this or not? But I'm going to be real because I think it's many people feel the same way. There are times when I think I'm not going to be good enough or I'm not going to do a good enough job, I pull back and I hold back. And I, 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 I let other people go forward because I think, oh, they'll probably do a better job. And I hold back. But you know, I believe that is a judgment that I put over myself. I don't believe it is the truth. It might be a perceived truth, but it's not the truth. You see, God says that his grace is sufficient for us in our weakness. And he says that he will not fail us. And he says that he that has begun a good work in you 
will complete it until the days of Jesus Christ. None of us are the final product, but he said to us, just drive. That picture was of Steve sitting, being in the bonnet, tinkering with the engine, and me sitting on the passenger seat. You know, in reality, I'd probably be looking in the manual saying, have you tried this? Have you tried that? Have you tried the other? Because that's kind of how we work. We work very much together. But grace during that time came to us in so many different ways. Grace became the fertilizer that came into that soil that allowed the fruit to grow. Grace came in the form of connecting with others. Messages, cards, cakes, flowers, even steak and chips was dropped off at our door. Walks with the families, fun downtime, seeing the garden flourish. Grace in the form of friendships, trusting them enough to be open with them. God was calling us to endure, and he still is. I'm pretty good at gritting my teeth and just getting on with it. But you know, this was lasting too long. And so I realized just during this time that this relationship that I was focusing so often on others, God was saying, I want to focus your relationship with yourself and your relationship with me in it. And that course really helped me in that. You know, the other thing that in my last few seconds that we're focused on is I've focused on treasures. I've focused on treasures. When the Egyptians left, Israelites left Egypt, they went and they were able to plunder the Egyptians. They were able to take treasure with them. And whenever I go through a difficult time, I always look for the treasures that God gives me along the way. You see, if they hadn't had the difficulty, they would never have had the treasure. And I have to say, C3 family, you've been much of the treasure that we've had during this time. You have loved on us. And I am grateful to God that we live in a church, we are in a church that loves each other, that honors their leaders, that supports one another. Treasures like a staff team that have endured and persevered and done things with excellence and, and strength. They've had to cope with so many different changes over this period of time. One of the hardest things we've done is to book people on furlough and then have to make some people redundant. That's been tough. But you know, as we're focused on what God's got for us in the future, he's allowed us the grace to be able to make those decisions and walk through with the team on that. One other treasure that I must mention is that I know that Stephen and I have been called together to this church. I once said that to the YA group, you know, I feel as called to C3 as Steve feels called to C3 to lead this church. Women are called to leadership. Men are called to leadership. Men and women working together is a golden bullet, I believe. God calls us in every area of society for men and women to be working together. Not necessarily married, but I believe that men and women need to walk alongside each other and women need to be released to be in every strata of society. That has been confirmed to me again over this time of this treasure. You know, God has not finished with us yet. God has not finished with us as C3 yet. 
where there's many things of treasures that he's given us. He's given us Colchester. He's given us an opportunity into prisons. He's given the opportunity into families. He's given us opportunity into the community. He's given us opportunity to speak into government at times and into councils as well. And I'm so grateful for the treasures that he has given us. What you focus on grows. So focus out, God, focus out, people of God. Focus out on the world. See God's generous heart. Be grateful for what he has given and what he's continuing to do, and we will see great growth. You know, for you listening to my sound and my voice here today, maybe you don't know this great God that we know. I just want to give you an opportunity right now to pray a prayer with me that you can receive this God into your heart and life. Pray with me this prayer. Lord Jesus Christ, thank you that you died for me. Thank you that you love me. I thank you that you do not want me to walk on this earth alone. But I thank you that you have paid the price for my sin. And I receive you in my heart today. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Let us know if you prayed that prayer and we'd love to help you. I'm going to hand back to the band right now as we conclude in worshiping our God together. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We pray it's been a blessing to you. Why not share it with your friends and family through social media? If you're not on the regular podcast list, then why don't you subscribe? Thank you especially to those that give. If you want to give to this ministry, you can go to our website, thec3.uk/giving, and get involved. God bless you. Thank you.